Science fiction has helped society look to the future with shows like Star Trek, Doctor Who, and Battlestar Galactica. And movies like Star Wars, The Matrix, and The Avengers have helped us pioneer the use of new technologies and to never give up on the human spirit. Fantasy stories like The Lord of the Rings, The Chronicles of Narnia, and even the game Dungeons and Dragons have helped us look at the past with an open mind, but have led us to question the fundamental principles like good and evil, right and wrong, reality versus fantasy, and to question our morality versus our humanity. Cosplay has always blurred the lines between science fiction, fantasy, and reality. For those to participate in the hobby, advancements in technology have caused more and more people to participate in cosplay. With the addition of 3D and resin printers, it's even easier to make and mass-produce the costumes and props from our favorite TV shows and movies. To the public, the ever-expanding worlds of science fiction and comic book conventions have led to more and more cosplayer interactions. This podcast is your exclusive space for science fiction news. This podcast is your place to catch up on the world of fantasy. This podcast is your place to talk about the role of cosplay. This podcast is... The Galaxy Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. It is not episode 3, it's not even episode 253, it's episode 252, but I have with me three people in the studio, so we'll run with that. I have with me Austin, the Inquisitor. (laughs) I can't help but laugh right now. I have with me Gary the Stud. Find them and wipe them out. I'm going to start calling him Gary the Numpty if he doesn't stop with the three. And I am Bob Christman, your pseudo facto host. Three. <laughs> so, we have several things we're going to talk about at the beginning of the episode tonight. We're going to talk about the fact that Marvel may have a way to bring in the mutants to join the MCU. We're going to talk about the casting of DC's, well, Doctor Fate within the Black Adam movie. We'll talk about that a little bit. We're also going to talk about DC yet again dropping some movies, including an Aquaman spinoff and others. And then we're going to talk about the the brand new trailer for The Bad Batch for Star Wars uh, on the Disney Plus app. So let's get to it. Okay, so I thought I would highlight this article only because it got me intrigued a little bit about what was going on with Marvel. Because we all want to know, when are we going to finally see the mutants, right? Like, we're looking for the mutants. That's like the question of the day. So I'm going to read a little bit of this article because I thought it was kind of interesting. This comes from Inverse.com. It says, we're in the early stages of Marvel Phase 4, but leaks are already flying about the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. A believable new report claims to reveal some pretty sensational details about what's coming, including a pretty genius plan to introduce the X-Men into the MCU. Uh, by the way, consider yourself warned. These are possible MCU spoilers ahead. Um, yeah, Whatever. The source of the latest Marvel leaks is Twitter, specifically an account named at Main Middleman, who previously reported on the importance of Ralph Boner's necklace Boner. weeks before its importance was revealed in the WandaVision finale. I am surrounded by morons. More recently, they posted a new Twitter thread that's absolutely filled with alleged MCU spoilers, and based on their track record with WandaVision, we're inclined to give uh, at Middleman the benefit of the doubt. Here's a quick tour of what they claim 
up to about Star Marvel Studios' big X-Men plans. The leaker claims that Marvel's big X-Men project is codenamed The Mutants. Wow, what a codename that we couldn't figure it out. And it includes a movie that, with that name, along with plans to introduce other characters into the MCU via various shows and movies leading up to the actual The Mutants film. Apparently, the first mutants could show up in the MCU in 2021. The leak also notes that there may be a mention about mutants feeling free to reveal themselves to the world and fight crimes after Tony Stark reveals himself as Iron Man. Additionally, it claims that the blip, a.k.a. the snap, could play a major role in turning regular humans against their mutant brothers. As for the actual first X-Men film, it may be directly connected to Eternals and focused primarily on Charles Xavier and Moriar McTaggart. It could also feature the Brotherhood of Mutants, Magneto, Mystique, Sabretooth, Toad, Pyro, the Blob, etc., as the main villains and include the X-Men team inspired by the first-class comics. That's Angel, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Iceman, and Beast. Finally, at Main Middleman claims that the first MCU X-Men movie will focus on social issues about minorities, which makes sense since mutants have always served as a metaphor for minorities and the way society mistreats them. I always thought it was because teenagers growing up because they get their mutant powers it's wrong. A, it's puberty. a little bit of both, and we'll talk okay. about that a little okay. bit. <laughs> Doctor Strange 2 and WandaVision Connections, the same Twitter leaker also includes alleged details about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and the Fantastic Four. When it comes to Stephen Strange, it sounds like Mordo will be a main villain. Apparently, he's now working for the Marvel supervillain Nightmare and trying to get his hands on the Darkhold. The leak also claims the final WandaVision scene was actually a shot taken from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And if you're worried about another multiverse fakeout, take solace in this detail. There will be a huge scene for a union of interdimensional villains after the multiverse collapses. Finally, it seems like the Fantastic Four's introduction to the MCU is closer than we thought. Apparently, the team will appear in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is set for release in 2022. The film could also tie into the upcoming Disney Plus series Secret Invasion, with the Fantastic Four's main villain potentially being Super Skrull. Huh, I know somebody here who kind of said that. But don't worry, Doctor Doom fans, the Supreme Leader of Latveria may show up too. That may sound like a lot, but there's even more with this leak. Check out the full length via the Reddit below. And there's a very and long I'm not going to read all this, but you can when you get a chance, I'll put it in the show notes. Give it a chance and read it. It's uh, it's basically everything we just read. So let me ask you guys a couple of questions about this. First off, what do you think about their idea of slowly rolling in the X Men, starting with Moira McTaggart and? Charles being involved in the Eternals and then slowly kind of rolling in the rest of the X-Men. Do you guys like that that concept, the way we're going to roll them in? I'd like to see it before I put any judgment. So you won't even say yes or no or I don't like that unless you see it in, in I'm, person. I'm walking into it with an open mind. Oh, look I, at you, I, Mr. Open Mind. <laughs> I, I didn't read the original X-Men comics back when they first came out or even the Silver Age or bronze age comics i have mostly read the modern age ones and the only inkling of like golden age or silver age i watched read is the secret wars comic book graphic novel i have and that okay gary what do you think what what you know what do you think of rolling in the marvel or the x-men in this regard i don't know i i think they should just go with apocalypse you know like they make the first mutant which is apocalypse say oops so you're saying they should go? They should start way back at Apocalypse and work their way forward and kind yes. of line up with the MCU somehow. Yes. Hmm. I think their only fear with that is 
there's a lot of things in Captain America, and I'm going to even go even, well, between Captain America and Captain Marvel that would maybe not line up so well if they went that far back. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I like your idea. Well, I almost think you have to do it as like a, a flashback, though. Do you get what I'm saying? Instead well, of a whole movie. Just show them where they make Apocalypse. Okay, I get what you're saying. And they go, oops. Yeah. And no. Like, use, you could use that as a flashback, maybe even in Eternals. You know, as well, part of the that, oops. That, that's what I'm saying. Is in, in Eternals, right? Instead of introducing Charles and Mora, introduce Apocalypse, where he actually beats them up. Okay. Type of deal. And yeah. Then, and then escapes to Earth, and then the mutants begin. Well, they were on Earth already. They were so. already on Earth. Oh. See, I think what they may be shooting for here, and and Gary, maybe you could correct me on this. I'm wondering if they're going to shoot for the whole like. The Eternals are going to open up the whole, like, galaxy, right? Like, the Eternals are going to be more about the galaxy and not about Earth anymore. So everything we've had in Marvel has been Earth-centric, right? Like, everything's about saving Earth. Everything has been about protecting the Earth. Everything's been Earth, 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 right? Guardians, yeah, a little bit about the outside world, but the Guardians came back to Earth to save Earth, right? I think the Eternals in Phase 4 is going to open up the door to... There's a whole universe out there. And, then, and we have to consider what the role the Earth plays in that whole Marvel universe. And I'm thinking the way they bring the the X Men in is they use what were the the mutants out in space? Gary, uh, Moya McTaggart was even associated with them, I believe. Uh, Starjammers. Yeah, the Starjammers. Thank you. Huh. I got uh, well, they weren't really mutants though. They were just a ragtag. They were just ragtag what? pirates or whatever. Yeah, but one of them was a mutant, wasn't he? One of them was a human mutant. I thought so. You had the Shi'ar Empire re- represented there, the Kree, and the Skrulls were all associated with them at, at one time. Oh. Right. But I also think they were only ever in the X-Men comics, right? Like, I don't think they ever ended up being in any other comic. I don't even think they were in the Guardians comics, I don't believe. I think they were in a Guardians comic. Uh, okay. Later on, not, not the original, original team of Guardians. Oh, okay, a team later on. Right. Because... But let's face it, their main connection to Earth was always through the X-Men. This is where I'm kind of confused with the Guardians anyway. Is the main original group of Guardians of the Galaxy... Doesn't line up with what we were looking at now. With the Guardians of the Galaxy now. Right. Right, Right, because the main group should have been the one with Stallone and those characters. Right, but they they were like way in the future though. Right, right. Like they they were supposed to line up with... What would have been, I think, when Avengers split in the Avengers West Coast and Avengers Great Lakes and the East Coast Avengers, um, I believe that's about the time, right? The, the Guardians. It, it was like a, it was with... like the Second war, uh, Secret War or something. I think happened. Oh, so it was even farther ahead than that. Right. Wow. Okay. So yeah, that's where I always said the Guardians. Uh, when people talk about Guardians of the Galaxy in the movie, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. It didn't. It still doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't line up with the Marvel Universe, at least as far as the comic books. So, right. obviously, the MCU shifted things for their own little purposes. Yeah. But what, what, what they could do is maybe they create Apocalypse, the first mutant, and they open up the galaxy to fight him. Yeah, I get it. Maybe that's what the Mutants film could be, right? Right. The Mutants fighting back against, not necessarily the Brotherhood of Mutants, but against Apocalypse. I do have a kind of a problem if we are using the Brotherhood of Mutants as our main characters again for another visit with the X-Men again. I, I hate to say it, but that's almost an old 
We've done that what twice now, right? We've because done it three times the animated series. Oh, true. With the animated, animated series. series, pretty much every animated series they well, use that for, kind of brotherhood. For, so. Forget the cartoons, just go to the movies. Wait, if you just go to the movies, we've done it twice now. We did it with the original X Men series because the you, first X Men was like that, going get, into the second one, mm-hmm. right? X Two, and then when we relaunched First Class and into what was the one after that? Uh, Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past. That yeah. was kind of a mixture of the Brotherhood of Mutants as well. But it wasn't though. It wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, it was Magneto Mystique. Sabretooth came in and out. We never saw Toad. Do we see Pyro? I think we saw Pyro. Mystique was the rogue character, as for, and I'm not saying rogue. As no, I get what you mean. She was the, the, yes. She was the one that was Kept playing. going back and forth. Right. right so, you had, so you had Magneto, then you had um, Angel. Right. Azazel, or whatever you want to call him. Yep. And uh, Avalanche, basically. Right. Like, ooh. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm kind of, the Brotherhood of Mutants thing is old. And, and, and contrived and, to me, it is anyway. And, and this is where I've always had a problem with the X Men movies: is that they should have had the actual first class right. of mutants, you know, of X Men, which is Angel, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Iceman, the Beast, mm-hmm. yep, and the Indian dude. Oh yeah, uh, Warpath, right? He later became Warpath. I don't know what. what, what hey, I forget was. what his initial name was, but yeah, it was Warpath. And then they have the Brotherhood of Mut- Evil Mutants. And that's when you bring in Wolverine. No, no. You had Magneto, Mystique, Sabretooth, Toad, Pyro, and the Blob. Right. Okay. Have those two teams fight each other in the first X-Men movie. Yep. The second one, expand on what the mutant teams are and stuff. Right. Because that's when you bring in Nightcrawler, Wolverine. Colossus. Colossus, Storm. Right. You know, like that group. Uh, and some of them leave too, right? Like I believe Angel leaves at that point. I think Iceman goes off on his own too. Beast yep. goes back to being like a professor. No, nah, but it's not like the old class. Beast actually would stay and would stay as as the Beast. Oh. Jean Grey would still be Jean Grey at least at this point. Yeah, but Beast would Cyclops not be would your be furry blue Beast. He'd be uh, no, he would still be the furry blue Beast. Really? I'm because you. Ca- uh, because first nope. class comics, he's in the yellow and black, and he's not blue. He's a human looking dude. He's a Is human he? looking dude with okay. huge hands and huge feet. Right. Okay, all right. I, I thought I thought by that point he was blue. Nope. But anyway, so I, yeah, I I don't know. Part of me too, and maybe it's just because what I liked in the mutants, I'm I'm disappointed we haven't played around with the new mutants. I'm disappointed we haven't played around with the Morlocks all that much. There's a lot of options within the Marvel MCU. You know what I mean? That and especially in the I mutant think, realm that we haven't even touched base on. You I know? think the only time we really play with the Morlocks is in some of the background scenes for Deadpool, the first one. Uh, a little bit, and they mentioned the Morlocks in that TV series on Fox that we were watching. Uh, Gifted. The Gifted. I was actually hoping, because they were starting to lean towards the 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 Morlocks in that show, and I thought they were going to introduce them, and then of course the show got cancelled. <laughs> of course you had the new Mutants movie. I have a question. I haven't even watched that, have you? I haven't even, I can't find it. Yeah, that's the problem. Think, Nobody think, can find it. I think Disney buried it on purpose because that was supposed to be. Well, a I don't even know horror. if it's been released. I think that it hasn't yet. It, it's been in the theaters. Has it, it been is. in the yes, theaters? It really? It came out just before COVID. So, so then Disney deliberately buried that. They oh. must have. They must like, have released it just to try to make some money, and then went okay. Oh, I don't this think they cared about making found. money. I think they just wanted to bury it. You know, it's out there. Up, it's done. Well, well, that, 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 you know? that's what I think is it's mostly a Sony project more so than it was a Disney project. So. Yeah. Now, to go back to you kind of were like, ooh, about the additionally claims that the blip 
could play a major part in turning regular humans against their mutant brothers. So here's the deal. Remember what the main part of the blip... What what? Why are people so afraid of Captain America and Iron Man and Thor? Like, in the movies, what are people afraid of? What? Why... The Do mass, you remember? The massive amounts of destruction in their wake. There you go. So the Sokovia Accords, right? That was supposed mm -hmm. to be about controlling these people that have these massive powers. I think most Now, think about who you've, you're talking about. You're talking about, like, Thor, Hulk, you're right, Captain America, Iron Man. People, honestly, I mean, when you look at the MCU, they don't have a lot of power. I mean, compared to, comparatively... Like Thanos and right? Galactus and Mephisto. Well, I, I, I'm Mephisto. even saying, like, compared to Wolverine, Cyclops, Beast... You put that team together, right, of all these people that really are kind of, I mean, like, that's a very destructive group of people, I, right? I could see Cyclops, but Wolverine's claws and his skeleton are more the thing that would be damaging. And Beast is just... Do you forget that, like, Wolverine can go into to total berserker mode? Yeah, I... I okay. Well, I forgot about that. Right, exactly. <laughs> that. The problem I got with Wolverine is his mutant powers. is the only thing that isn't destructive. Right. Right. I get what you're saying. But but what I'm saying is, is like, in the overall scheme of things, they're going to cause more destruction, you, right? The one I would so there's going to be more fear of the mutants. And I think that's where they're going to go. So that you have the Sokovia Accords, which demands all of the people with powers, like, register with the government, yeah. right? And then you could bring in Trask to do the registration. There you go. Acts. So now you bring Trask in to do all the registration for Avengers and the X-Men. And then all of a sudden, now you've got the mutant registration program because these guys are more destructive. We really need to have some control over them. And then right? you could have the, the secret wars between right. registration now, here's where it kind of gets brilliant. And, and this guy might be on to something because there could be one character that could completely ruin it for everybody. Who's the one character that could ruin it for everyone that wouldn't care? Galactus. Deadpool. <laughs> Think yes. about it. Yes. He could be completely destructive and not give a total rip about nope. what the government thinks about what he's nope. doing. Right? He would even do He could totally be the catalyst for taking the Sokovia Accords and going to the next level. And being like, nope, we need like we need to put him in chains. We need to put because he'll go do something like he gets paid to a job to go assassinate he'll just, a bad foreign leader. He'll just be he'll and, just be himself, and that's all it'll, it'll take. Now, I have a question first before we move on from the mutants. Yes, is Mojo an alien mutant? Because I know she messes with the X Men quite a bit. I believe I'm not even sure. I don't know Could much you, about Mojo. Okay, could you use Mojo alongside Lone Star? Is it? During those, like, uh, game uh, situations? Okay, okay. Could you use that to open the galaxy situation? Mo Could. M Mojo's not really... He's just an alien. Okay. That's my understanding of Mojo, uh, uh, anyway, yeah. He, he doesn't have... Uh, Abilities, per se. Yeah, he's just got a lot of money. That he yeah. buys... Buys stupid stuff. You're right. Well, he buys loyalty. Great. Um, Great. I guess the closest mutant on that whole thing would spiral. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Right, but again, I'm saying is if we're talking about the idea where it's the Eternals, so we have that situation start, and then all of a sudden the next movie we could also have Mojo come in and. and I still think your better on. bet is with the Kree War and all that right. somehow and, and, leaking into that. And not yeah. that, but Mo Mojo's got his own universe too. So right, um, right. Well, so going on trying to help now, now to go back to your uh, registration stuff and all that. Yeah, there's three heroes from the Avengers that are. That were in Infinity Gauntlet or Infinity Wars, 
that I would be more concerned about than any other ones. Doctor Strange, Iron Man, and the Hulk. And here's why. Doctor Strange is Sorcerer Supreme. What's to keep him from going off the, the, to the dark side? Right. The Hulk, sure, destruction incorporated. Right. Just the power behind him. Mm-hmm. Iron Man, he's got so much money, he don't care. If you want, if if you wanted wanted something, you'd you'd take it. Right. So they're the three I would be most concerned about. Okay. So going on in that same Twitter leak, they talk about the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness and bringing in the Fantastic Four. I don't know if that's the place to bring in the Fantastic Four. You know, there's going to be a union of interdimensional villains. I get it. Multiverse collapses. But how does the Fantastic Four fit into that? Like, how do you guys think that... Well, well, with with Ant-Man going into the... Multiverse. Multiverse there. He could, when he comes back to our timeline, or universe, whatever you want to call it, he could bring the cosmic mist that transforms the Fantastic Four into the Fantastic Four. Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay. All right, I can see that. But that would kind of definitely play with their origin story because I still like the them being in a space station and a, scientific a, yeah, and a wave comes by and, and like hits <laughs> them all with theta radiation and all that. Who's to say they're not on a space station when he does this? Yeah, true. I get what you're saying because he's affecting the entire universe or the entire their entire universe but, as a whole. But all this plays back into my theory about secret invasion and the super scroll and all of that because. That could all tie together the way I've been talking, right? Like, Ant-Man and the Wasp could tie into Secret Invasion, which could use Super Scroll as the, the tie-over between them. They're talking about Doctor Doom, you know, they're, don't worry, he's going to come along. Sure, they're going to have a whole Fantastic Four movie with just Doctor Doom and Fantastic Four, and I I'm just, fine with that. I just, you don't need to introduce that into I want, I am, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I am leery about doing the Fantastic Four again, because you have messed it up at least once with the newest one. I'd even say the second would be the earlier series. But that's because they're not... I'd like to point out the two times that they messed it up was under Fox's tutelage. Now, I'd like to think Disney's not going to go woke on this. Yeah. But notice how I said I'd like to think. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm, I'm I don't not know. putting my faith... I, I, this is odds. I would not bet in Vegas. I think they are going to look back at the Fox version and try to learn, I hope, from it. And I would say, certainly hope so. That's a bad idea. <laughs> I would I think even look back all the way back to the first two... Because they, they knew. actually, I don't think there was that much wrong no, no, with the no. first I'm two. I think a lot of the people first two as an example to do well, right? Better, yeah. I don't think they were totally wrong. I do think there were some things wrong with those first two, but I think they were better than 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 the latest one. Gary, you're gonna say something. The biggest problem I had was Doom in both of them, both incarnations of them. Really, you didn't like the first Doom? I kind of no. liked the first Doom. No. Nope. What didn't you like about the first one? With the guy from, what was it, uh, Nip Tuck. Yeah, I know him from Charmed. Yeah. <laughs> Could be just him. He was kind of an odd choice, I mean, as far as actors are concerned. But I thought, I mean, he, I thought he did the, the character justice. You know, the idea that, that he could soak up power or throw it back well, at you. Yeah, that, that, uh, I, I guess that's what I have a problem with, is he's not really a Fantastic Four member. And he was bombarded with the cosmic rays too. Oh, I get I was what you're say, saying. saying yeah. Wasn't the whole origin of Doctor Boom was he was he was he did an accident. He had an accident in his lab. He had one scar. He did 
decided to say, I don't want to show, show my face anymore, and he put himself in the armor that was both made with mysticism and science so that he could control both aspects. And I believe there's something the, along that, yeah, Something lines. along those lines. Right. I, it's somewhere there. But my understanding, too, is that all happened during World War II, didn't it, Gary? Because that's... Because I remember that happening because Red Skull and Doom ended up teaming up quite a bit along with Zemo. Zemo was always kind of in that circle of bad guys. See, that's the thing. A lot of people forget that Doom spent as much time fighting Captain America as he did fighting the Fantastic Four. No, because uh, the space race is what created the Fantastic Four. Yes, yep. And Doom came out of that timeline. Okay. For some reason, I thought Doom had appeared before the Fantastic Four, but maybe I'm wrong no, in that regard. I, I don't think so. I think okay. in the origin story, he was sharing a dorm room at college with... Reed Richards. Reed Richards. And when he was doing his accident, he was trying to be able to go get his mother from the devil? I'm not sure if that's an accurate thing. Like, he was creating a machine to go to hell and back and bring his mother's soul back. Yeah, I think it's from a fistle. And it blew up in his face, and he only had a single scar... Reed had warned him that the machine was not ready, but he didn't care. And Doom did it anyways, and then he became Doom, and he ruled Latveria. Oh, he had to where he's from, Latveria. So he went right. back and conquered his hometown, and then made it a Well, no, he didn't necessarily need to conquer it, and then he just went back and claimed his throne, that's all. Right. Okay, so let's move on to our, our next article we are going to talk about, and that's the fact that we finally find out the person who is playing the last character... In the Black Adam, we know who is playing all the other characters. By the way, we know that the team, the DCEU team that's going to be in this movie, is the Justice Society of America, the JSA. By the way, not to be mixed up with the Justice League of America, the JLA. There's a lot of different societies and leagues in the DC universe. And so for some reason, they just can't get away from that. The team's (laughs) going to consist of Hawkman, Adam Smasher, Cyclone, and Dr. Fate. Now, we knew who all the other characters were. And now, finally, they have revealed who is going to play the role of my favorite character, Dr. Fate. And it is going to be the one and only Pierce Brosnan. This is going to be interesting. I have, I don't know, I don't see it as a bad thing. Especially considering he was James Bond during some of my favorite James Bond movies. I really, really? liked, yeah, I liked GoldenEye. I liked The World Is Not Enough. Um, I liked Die Another Day. Uh, now, on the flip side of get that, I, I really, Pierce Brosnan should never have sang in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, because... No, he's not a singer. <laughs> he has had some trips along the way. Uh, he he uh, joins another 007, by the way, who's already in the DC universe because Timothy Dalton oh, uh, the, is in Doom Patrol as Dr. Niles the Culver. The guy in the wheelchair. Yes. Oh. So, he, you know, that's all interesting. But, I, I, you know, the fact that he's joining this, this pretty good cast and the fact that he's joining the Black Adam movie, which, you know, is starring The Rock... Aldous Hodge is playing Hawkman. Noah Centineo uh, is doing Adam Smasher. Now, is Adam Smasher the same as Atom? I'm assuming that's the same character. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think so. No? Okay. Quintessa Swindell is uh, Cyclone. And there definitely is rumor that all these characters may show up in the Hour Man movie because Hour Man ended up being a part of the JSA. And, of course, all these characters have been kind of hinted at in the Stargirls TV show on the CW. So they're kind of using that version of the JSA, which I thought was kind of nice. I mean, they could have just totally blown off that CW show, but I think they're actually trying to honor that show a little bit, not necessarily line up with it, because let's face it, DC never does that. 
Why would um, they do that? But I do think it's interesting. And I think it's interesting that this definitely is going to try to, I think, garner the excitement that came off of Shazam to keep this, you know, keep this rolling and going because there a lot of people have said that Shazam's either going to appear in this movie or show up in a scissor reel at the end, the sizzle reel at the end, and, and just kind of show that the two movies are going to connect together later on. Oh, okay, so this is not Shazam 2? I thought this was the whole... No, Shazam 2 will be a completely different movie. Okay. But but the rumor is The Rock has already agreed to play back Black Adam in Shazam 2, and the, the other rumor is that everybody who signed up for the JSA here is well aware that the JSA will be showing up in Shazam 2. So they may have signed up for a multi-movie deal as members of the JSA, which is kind of cool, actually. And again, yet again, DC's slow rolling this out. Maybe it's a good idea. I don't know. But what do you guys think? Pierce Brosnan as a Dr. Fate? Does that, you know, does that fit your fancy? What do you think? I I, I got no opinion because I don't know much about DC comic books to make make an opinion. Okay. An honest opinion, anyway. I'd, I'd, I'd wonder what version of the f- of fate they're going to follow. Are they going to follow where fate can... I think this has to be the original one where he's a, um excavator and yeah. is going to discover the helmet, that's, not the guy that's from Egypt who discovers it, you know, not, haphazardly. Not what I'm saying. It's just, um, are we going to be doing the fate where fate kind of bees a little more demanding of how the wielder of the helmet uses it instead of it being more of like... He puts the helmet on, and fate uses his body. Instead, fate then kind of takes over when the helmet goes on and off. Well, okay. And See, a lot of people misunderstand how the helmet works. The helmet is Nabu. Is Nabu, yes. And Nabu takes the body of whoever wears the helmet. See, a lot of people think if the wearer takes the helmet off, Nabu leaves the body. He does not. But the powers of Nabu are not called upon until the helmet is put back on. So the helmet and the amulet work in t- in tandem. So basically, once you put the helmet on, you are forced to wear the amulet because you're Naboo. If you take the amulet off, Naboo leaves. Yeah. But you have to leave the amulet on. But you can't use the powers of Naboo until you put the helmet on. Then you can use utilize the powers. Does that... That makes sense. I hope that but clarifies I'm saying is, that. Is, <laughs> is fake going to be grumpy because he's not being used a ton and then finally... So-and-so puts the helmet on. Oh, I think Fate's going to be used a heck of a lot more than you think he's going to be used in this movie. I understand that. Does it really matter? I don't know. It it makes me... It's my... It's a concern of mine as if uh, Fate's going to kind of be... You see, see, this is a problem I have with some comic books. Mm. All right. They can't leave one person as a certain character. Right, they keep having to shift it from person to person. Right. Yeah. And each one is different than the, than the other one. And everybody thinks that it's the, Wait till we get to the Black Knight. <laughs> and everybody thinks that it's the, the helmet that changes the attitude and everything. I think it's the attitude of the person that's wearing it. I agree with you, Gary. And that was my more that, question. That's, so. that's supposed to be what happens with Dr. Fate and, by the way, the Black Knight. Each person that picks up the sword of the Ebony Blade and the Black Knight imbues the sword for a different reason. For example, the very first guy uses the sword for evil. He's actually a bad guy. Doesn't he go toe-to-toe with Thor in the He comics? goes toe-to-toe with the entire Avengers the first time around. 
Oh, Sir Percy of uh, yeah, I forget what of what of, of Nursey or something like that. Yeah, all I know is is that it's and he goes toe to toe with the Avengers, and then it's funny because the guy who's gonna play the Black Knight in the MCU, and I'm forgetting his name right now. Kit uh, Harrington. Thank you, Kit Karen Kit Harrington. Which yeah, but there's the there's a the alter ego, and I'm forgetting the name of the alter ego right uh, now. Anyway, that character is the first one who comes up with the event to the Avengers. Now it's ironic because they fight him the first time he's a bad guy. When the guy who has the sword the second time goes to talk to the Avengers, they attack him. Well, because they think it's still the bad guy, right? Like that's the assumption. Yeah. And he has to prove himself to the Avengers. So there's this weird thing even in the Marvel comics that it happened, and I agree with you, Gary. In the DC universe it happens a heck of a lot more than it does in the Marvel universe where like one person you could have eight different people be Shazam, right? <laughs> like, you could have 12 different people be Dr. Fate, which I think there's been six Dr. Fates over the years. There's six or Something seven Something crazy them. like that. One of which was uh, Elsa, his wife, took up the helm for a Yeah, bit. there was a female Dr. Fate. And there was a transgendered Dr. Fate. Really? Yes. Uh. I've read through the years of... I'm starting to read through some of the ones I missed over the years. So yeah, there's there's yes, there isn't, has been several isn't several there a version of fate called the ultimate fate where it's Elsa and the husband and fate all merged all it's wrapped together. In one. Yep. So it's it's male, female, and fate yes. merged to one create ultimate fate. That's the transgendered one yeah. because really? he's both male and female, so he's transgender. Oh. Well, that's and, and there's uh, Doctor Kitty Cat fate. <laughs> <laughs> He just has so, ears poking through the I, I just I kind of like the idea of Pierce Brosnan. I'm I'm kind of hoping this works out. I hope that I hope the team works out. I'm more worried about like the, the whole Justice Society. I want it to be a cool team. I mean, if you're using Fate, Adam Smasher, Cyclone, and Hawkman, you're, it's a pretty cool combination you're, you're of characters. You're already on the good path. I, I think yeah, you're on your way. But I worry about what Gary talks about all the time, and that is when you throw too many characters into a movie. Is it too many people all at once, and will people be able to handle it? And more importantly, I go back to you know when you look at Justice, the 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 Justice League movie. Not the there were so many characters in it. I mean, even my wife leaned over and went, "Who's that?" When when Cyclops came on because she didn't know who he was, right? I mean, like, yeah. At what point is there too many that somebody gets muggled? But well, the problem is, is if you don't read the comic books and you don't know the backstories, like my wife. Which right. not everybody's doing, and, and and then you got a character that is your favorite that is on the team and doesn't get any won't get a backstory at all probably any airtime yeah screen time yeah which I think Doctor Fate's got a beautiful backstory like you could spend a whole movie on Doctor Fate I believe I mean really you could you you could do a whole movie just on the na- uh, on the helm of Nabu that's what I'm saying. Not necessarily right, like just it traveling through time. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm trying to say. Like you know, I there could be a whole movie about the JSA, quite honestly, and its formation. And and I kind of I worry a little that, that we're going to rush this. through this, right, for the sake of having the Black Adam. Now, I love the idea of the Rock as the Black Adam. Don't get he, me wrong, he looks the part. But I would rather it maybe have been opposite of just Shazam, like make Shazam to the introduction of Black Adam. I don't know. And then you everybody's saying, well, this is supposed to be the precursor to Shazam too. Okay, good. <laughs> Okay, good. So maybe you are playing out the Black Adams story a little bit. Okay. But I just worry that by putting the JSA in there, maybe it's you're trying to smash too much, too much in. Lunch. It's yeah. kind of like Suicide Squad. You know, I mean, like, I felt like Suicide Squad did the same thing. Too many characters. Too much to keep track of. And then the bad guy was one of them, which didn't make any sense at all. 
So speaking of DC, let's move on to our third topic, which is also about DC. So apparently DC has already decided to drop the Aquaman spinoff, The Trench. Now, Gary had, I'm kind of glad you explained this, Gary, because I didn't, at first I didn't get this. I thought they were getting rid of Aquaman 2, which they're not. They're going to get rid of the spinoff from Aquaman 2. Now, how'd you, go ahead and explain it, Gary, so people, I like the way you explained it so that I could understand it. Right, it's a movie about the uh, Atlanteans that doesn't have Zach, uh, Aquaman in it. <clears throat> so it's going to have the bit characters from maybe from the Aquaman movies. Like brother, maybe his mother, I don't know. Maybe even Merida. Maybe. Merida? The <laughs> red-headed chick. Uh, oh. Mira. Mira, sorry. I keep doing that. Not Merida, Mira. I was going to say Merida's for Brave from Disney. Well, they're both redheaded. Leave me alone. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's what they're going to do. Do you think that has anything to do with Chelsea Handler's problems outside of the movies? Like the fact that she was having problems with Johnny Depp right, and her and and all that, the, the lawsuits. Okay. Who? Not Chelsea Handler, sorry. <laughs> Who's Mara played by? I'm, I'm, uh, Amber Heard, I think. Thank you, Amber Heard. Do you think anything that has to do with Amber Heard and her legal troubles outside of the movie? Because I know Warner Brothers has hinted that they want to get away from her. <laughs> or at least there has been talks about it. It keeps, like, every two months it crops up again. Right. And then it goes away for a while. And then it crops up again. And I, I do you think maybe that's part of it here? Like, that's maybe one of the reasons they wanted to get away from this? Could be. I'm kind of wondering if maybe that's playing a role here. Maybe Mira was uh, going to play a big role in it. Yeah, and they, and the only way they're going to back out is just back out completely. Now, the one I think is really kind of some people were upset about is the fact that the New Gods uh, was going to get axed in all of this stuff. So, you know, they, they mentioned that it's going to be the spinoff, the trench, and a New Gods was also going to get the chop. And the reason... A lot of people are upset about New Gods is it was supposed to introduce some key characters in the DC universe like Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. And I got to be honest with you, in the DC universe, I don't know those characters all that well. Big Barda and Mr. Miracle, they were all well past what I read in the DC comics. I you know I kind of gave up on DC after a little while. I, I dropped off just before New 52, honestly. I know for a fact that Big Barda transferred over to Justice League Unlimited or Ultimate for during the Batman Beyond series, which is yeah, a that's, comic book. That's, that's, that's well beyond what I that, read. That was you know? more like early 2000s. Right, right. I stopped like late, because, well, late 80s, early 90s is when I stopped reading DC yeah. side of things. Yeah, Big Bird is like an Amazon slash She-Hulk character. Okay, so that's is, what she is. Is she also from Apocalypse too? I think so. Yeah, because okay. she also has the like the energy lance staff. Like, what about Mister Miracle? I've never even heard uh, of that character. That was like, and I, I, I'll admit, I haven't googled it. I, I should have. And yeah, I, I don't know Mister Miracle. See, that's what I'm talking about. Where everybody's like, "Ooh, New Gods is gonna get cut. That's too bad." And I'm kind of like, "Really?" Because I really don't know many of the characters in New Gods, and I really could kind of see where I'm like, "Well, most maybe the- not a big deal." Especially it's, for me, it's kind of hard to have New Gods when you haven't introduced the gods. I was going to say, the new right? gods are actually the gods you would know, because the old gods had a war, and then that created Apocalypse and New Genesis, and that's the new gods' is But that's new what Genesis I'm saying. and Apocalypse. Before you even consider new gods, why wouldn't you do all that first? Because that happened way before any of the heroes in DC Universe exist. That happened at the beginning of but DC Comics. But Eternals is about to introduce the same concept. 
In the DC universe. Do you get the Eternals in Marvel in, universe? In the Marvel comic books, Eternals create two different uh, sects. One's the Deviants, which later become the mutants, and the other sect becomes the gods, which basically are people like Thanos. The Yeah, the gods in DC is like, if I correct me if I'm wrong, is like Zeus... Right, Odin. It's the Greek gods. It's based on the Greek. No, gods. that's just the Greek gods. All, all the, all the gods. All, right, all the gods exist. Then, basically, a war happens. All of the ones that decide to be evil get sent to Apocalypse, and Darkseid becomes their master. And that's and that's. There's rumors that the reason they couldn't do any of this mm. is because Zack Snyder ruined it all. Because he introduced Darkseid. Which I, I kind of like. I would feel like that's counterintuitive that that introducing that opens the door. I would think so too. I'm thinking the same thing. It would be more thing. of like a flashback. Like of there's maybe... Dark Side, right? Oh, cool. Well, where are the gods? Because now he's the head of. You the, could. You all could even. You could even go as apocalypse. far back as saying having Dark Side talk about. Right. What I get happened it. after that? I get it. Okay. I get you, it. You guys haven't seen the Zack Snyder. No, no. We're, we're planning on we, trying to watch it again. Tomorrow. We've talked about this, well, haven't I? And, and let's talk about this for a minute, just for a second. Who has four hours in their life <laughs> to sit down and watch a movie? I mean, Gary. I get it, Gary. I like, I get it, Gary. Gary. I, I understand. And everybody's like, "Well, how could you have not watched that yet?" I'm like, I don't have four hours in my life. Like, I would need. And here's the thing. And, I, and it's because of who I am. I don't want to sit down and watch it in chunks. So I don't want to watch two hours here and then two hours there. But <laughs> four hours for a movie? I'm just being honest with you. It's insane. It's insane. I've only ever done it once in my the history of my movie watching. And that was to watch Gods and Generals. Oh, Gods and Generals. Gods and Generals was a two-real movie. As a matter of fact, it was so long that in the movie theater, there was an intermission to change reels. Back, you know, when we had reels in the movie theater. But they did. They literally had to have an intermission to change reels. Even Titanic was only three hours and 20 minutes long, I think, right? Something like that. But since you brought it up, I'm going to spoil something for you. Okay. I don't care. I don't. Okay. Yes, Darkseid's in the Justice League movie. Yeah. And he battles Zeus and Ares. Oh, good. Oh. So we, we have a precursor. Right. And we could go back. So, can I ruin it for you? What? Warner Brothers already said they're undoing the Snyder universe. They're not going to keep it. They should keep it. They I know. Should, I know. They there's, should, there's, they there's should this, keep it. Here's what I don't understand. Anytime the fans scream for something... <laughs> Immediately, whether it's Disney, Warner Brothers, or any other company for nope. that matter, they're kind of like, nope. Why is it when the fans scream for something, they're like, yeah, we're not doing that? They, Do they not want to listen to their constituents? I when, don't get when, it. When, <laughs> when I watched the Justice League movie that Zack Snyder released, yeah. I understood the Justice League. Okay. The, the Justice League movie. See, Austin's got kind of a disadvantage because he's never watched the original I, Justice League. I didn't watch the original. I've only heard yours, I should make him, Eric. I should force him to yes. watch the Justice League first, and then we'll watch the Snyder Cut yes. because I think he really needs to see the difference. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to. And, and what a dumpster fire. the Because the, I haven't even seen Snyder Cut, and I already know it's better than the dumpster fire. Plus, he needs to watch Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah, well, we're working on it. We're working on it. I have spring break this week, so luckily I'll have some time. And I'm not talking about the new one. I'm talking about the old ones. We yeah, will work go on back and watch all of that. I will work on that with him. So let's talk about our last topic of the beginning of this episode tonight, and then we'll go uh-huh. to The Mandalorian. So the trailer for Star Wars The Bad Batch, the very first trailer has come out, uh, and we watched it tonight. And I, this might be my second or third time watching it. 
But we rewatched it. So, it, what do you guys think of this this trailer? I mean, is there anything that jumps out at you about the trailer? Is there anything exciting? Anything bad? Anything that just jumps out in general? What do you What do you guys think of the trailer? Here? Tarkin. <laughs> the Tarkin. That's all that jumps out at you, Gary. Is this Tarkin? Uh, I the only thing that really jumped out to me is why in one of the shots is the blonde haired character because I don't know if it's a girl or a guy and I don't want to assume oh. using a night sister bow. I just think it was something that was around. I mean, that's just my guess. Um, along with Tarkin is the suplex that uh, Wrecker puts in the one, one thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. It. I gotta be honest with you, and I, I can't. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm actually getting worried that the animated side of Star Wars might be a little played out. I I just you know they. I mean, after Resistance, I kind of feel like it was dead. <laughs> Well, I think they didn't do themselves any service with Resistance. Um, I, I, I kind of felt a little bit that way uh, on the extra Clone Wars episodes they threw in that we watched, and it the, was kind of like seventh season. Yeah, the, the last season of Clone Wars it was kind of like, okay, at least we're coming to an end on this. And then the Bad Batch was in that group, and I'm kind of like, oh, please don't, please don't, please. And they're like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna make a show about that. I was like, damn it. At first, I was excited for the show. I was like, yeah, these guys. I'm kind of like- worried that now, somewhere in the middle of this, they're gonna come up with some other character, and they're gonna be like, we're gonna have to make a show about that now. You know, like how long can <laughs> how you many draw out? Of spin-off, right? of spin-offs can See, we do? That's what I'm trying to get at. Okay, how long can you draw out? And I'm still, I'm calling it right now. There's gonna be at least one episode with a fuel problem. <laughs> There's going to be at least one episode with some sort of weird floating creature somewhere in the middle of it. That has fuel. That has fuel, right. So you're going to have one episode with wolves that are very sentient. Maybe. (laughs) But do you see what I'm getting at here? Like There there seems to be some common threads in the Star Wars. And and you're going to go to a planet that everything's going to be called Planet Cat, Planet Wolf, whatever planet this is. Maybe. Really reminiscent of Rebels where it's everything's wolf plot. Here's the interesting thing I think that's going to be hard for this show to do. And that is not, because they're not going to be able to do it, not have a lot of Jedi around and pull the show through without Jedi characters. Well, you could carry... And without anchor characters to pull the show through. You get what I'm saying? In one of the shots, we saw Rex. You could pull some of the clone captains (sighs) that get away. So you you could pull Rex. You can pull Wolf. You could have them come. I don't pick- see Rex and Wolf though as anchor characters per they're, se. They're not necessarily anchor characters, but they're better than nothing. I get it, but I'm saying you're not going to find a Princess Leia or a Lando Calrissian. You're you- not going to find a C-3PO R2D2. I don't think in any of these episodes. <laughs> you could have them go pick up Gregor. Yeah, I I I, I know who's going to be this. Mace Windu. Nope. No. Han Solo. <laughs> oh boy. Because he wasn't in any of the other ones. Well, the you're other right. Ones he wasn't. He was not. But you um, get what I'm saying, right? Like uh, it's gonna be Han, uh, Han Solo and uh, a Tauntaun. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they smelled bad <sighs> on the outside. Yuck. <laughs> so, um, do you do you guys think there'll be more in one season of this, or do you think this is like a one-off? I I I, I I'm putting money down that it's a one-off. It, I do it, not think it'll, it'll probably be. Two, you think so? Maybe three. But I'm going to go up two, and I read a story of why, or not an article why the Imperials got away from, or the Empire got away from the clones for stormtroopers. Okay, and this might be the reason why. The bad batch will be the, the reason ba- why. The bad batch. And right? what's their reasoning behind it? Like what happens? Well, Tarkin is. 
ticked. <laughs> well, yeah, you can tell already that. Already off in the beginning, I want the Bad Bad Squad taken down. Yeah. Found and, and taken care of. Yeah. And it sounds like he's sending the entire GAR after him. Oh, I think he is. And I would love to see this where it's like Wrecker and all of them just going toe to toe and taking out dozens of them. And I think it might explain why Rex is where he is by the time we get to Rebels. Because yeah. I, th- you know, he's off on this planet trying not to be part of anything and not make a name for himself or not be recognized by anybody. Right. Because yeah, I think the yeah. bad batch is going to ruin it so bad that his, right. his only option is going to be to just go it's away. It's either that or serve in an Imperial training right, academy right. and training kids. And, and, and remember, at the end of uh, Clone Wars, mm-hmm. Order 66 has already happened. Right. Yeah. And anybody that's going against the Republic is going to be... Brutally brought down. Have the army brought after them. Right. They're going to be silenced. Right. Sign this on for later. And Rex is already to the point where he doesn't want to fight his own brothers. Right. Yeah. So maybe he talks the Bad Batch into not fighting them. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I'm kind of wondering if that's the case, too. Well, no. In the show, they even talked about saying regs are worth less than 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 the... Bad Batch themselves. Pardon my stuttering. But... Yeah, could you say it without a stuttering? Because <laughs> I didn't understand what you were saying. In the show, when they were talking about it, especially when Echo is still not found, I would have left him. He's just a reg. And then you see almost a fist fight brawl after that line. Okay. That is a... I think that the Bad Batch will not have issues fighting their regular brothers because most of them see well, them I, as inferior. Right. I think, yeah. And I think they're going to be seen as the, well, they're going to be seen as nulls, which for those people who have never read the books, the nulls are the clones that didn't quite make it. You know, they they were supposed to be discarded, but they weren't. I think the Bad Batch is part of that null class. You know what I think would be interesting later? If they Mm -hmm. could do it, it would be nice to see it happen, is to have those nulls, and even maybe even Rex folded into clone, or to Mando's. I would like that. I'd like to see them come back to full circle to being Mandos again. Because remember, the Nulls were trained by Mandos. They all were, actually, technically. I know that's Legend series at this point, but I don't care. They were trained by Mandos. From what is still... Even in the Clone Wars. From what was still canon, the ARC Troopers version 1 through 3. Right. Which is basically first battalions prior to Jango Fett's death, were trained. And Rex was one of those ones in there. He was right. trained with that and the strategic And they were trained mindset. by Mandos. They were trained by Fett and one other Mando person. But right, but that was Mando. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Those ones. But then after group four or five, when they started getting to five number digits. Yeah, I get it. They switched over to yeah, bounty just, hunters. Right. Basic training. Okay, so those are our thoughts on those subjects. We'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to our website, galaxycastech.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter. You can find us on MeWe. You can find us on Gab. So we're all over the place. You can find us on YouTube and Rumble and leave uh, comments there. We'd love to hear from you. So those are our thoughts on those subjects. We're going to take a break here in just a minute for some commercials, and then we'll be back to talk about the very last episode of... Season 2 of The Mandalorian and everything that comes with it. So we'll be back in just a moment. It's a trap! No, it's a break, but we'll be back in a moment. The Luke Skywalker X-Wing pilot from the Star Wars Action Figures Collection. Each sold separately. I'm Jawa. Want to buy a droid? 
Show me what you got. It's R5-D4 and the Power Droid. So. And here's Greedo, Han Solo, and Walrus Man. You've had it now, Solo. Yeah. Greedo, it's Ben Kenobi and his lightsaber. We're in trouble. Let's get out of here. Luke Skywalker X-Wing pilot, R5-D4, Greedo, and other action figures sold separately from Kenner. He was born on the planet Haroon-Kal, a half a generation before the Clone Wars even began. Because he had a vast affinity to the Force, he was taken away by the Jedi Order as a child to learn how to use his skills by the very best of the Jedi trainers. As a youngling, he tried to build his own lightsaber using an amethyst-colored kyber crystal, but he failed. Professor Huang told him that lightsabers just happen and were never meant to be built. After his trials as a youngling, he was apprenticed to Jedi Master Sislin Mir. Not too long after being assigned to a master, he traveled to the planet Mathis, where he convinced the people there that a man named Druze was not a prophet of the Force, but a heretic. During this process, his Jedi Master warned him not to become too attached to his emotions, as he seemed irritated at the idea that Druze used his Force powers as a tool of manipulation. Eventually, Druze would injure him by shooting his left arm with a lightsaber pistol. Druze even told him that Jedis should take advantage of their power, even using it to acquire wealth. Because of the truth brought upon him by Druze, Jedi Master Sislin Mir dropped him as a Padawan, and he would eventually continue his training with Grand Master Yoda. He ended up achieving the rank of Jedi Master and was put on the Jedi High Council and was championed as the greatest Jedi, while the Galactic Republic continued to decline. It was during this time that he rebuilt his lightsaber to have the amethyst glow that he was associated with. During this time, he saved Depa Balaba from pirates, would train her to become a Jedi Knight, and also a master that would serve on the High Council next to him. Not too long after rescuing Depa, he would travel to Osalon to rescue Padawans that had been captured by the warlord Guatako. He was captured by Guatako's missions, but only after his lightsaber was broken. He reconstructed the saber again, and he would fight Guatako, but a Padawan eventually shot and killed the warlord. He was able to escape with the Padawans alive. Shortly after this moment came, the invasion of Naboo and the Jedi High Council started to lean on him to help with the negotiations between the people of Naboo and the Trade Federation. When Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi reported to him that they faced a being that was highly trained in his use of the Force, and that they were convinced that the Sith had returned, he didn't believe them. He couldn't believe that the Sith could have returned while he was on the High Council because he would have sensed it. He also didn't trust Anakin once he was put on the Jedi Council by Chancellor Palpatine. But he had a pretty big head now about his power and didn't see his role in the rise of the Sith. Eventually, he would be killed by those same Sith, or so it would seem, by Emperor Palpatine, better known as Darth Sidious. And now you know the rest of the Galaxy Cast story. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial 
for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Have you always wanted to scare your targets before completely taking them out? Do Terminators look too silver and aren't mean enough for you? Nice to see you. Need something darker? Maybe something more menacing. Good. (laughs) The Phase 2 Dark Troopers for you can provide you with the Phase 2 Dark Troopers that you need. Our Dark Troopers are spray-painted with the highest of black paints and then coated in the high-gloss finish to give them their menacing, glossy black look. But we felt that was not menacing enough, so we provided our Phase 2 Dark Troopers with mean, red, glowing eyes. And we know that you want the best in robot technology, so our robots don't make any stupid robot comments like, Roger, Roger. Ah, well, it's my programming. Roger, Roger. Instead, they can barely walk straight, but we make sure they can make tons of metal-on-metal noise to scare anyone that would hear them coming. Besides, our Phase 2 Dark Troopers are the best. How do we know? Because our Dark Troopers are Phase 2, which means it has to be better than a Phase 1 Dark Trooper, right? So are you a megalomaniac and looking to intimidate your enemies? (laughs) Then Phase 2 Dark Troopers for you are your one-stop shop. Phase 2 Dark Troopers for you are not responsible for babies, captured, or lightsabers used on your Phase 2 Dark Troopers or anything else that might happen in their force. Anything that happens with your Phase 2 Dark Troopers is up to you and your responsibility. Thank you very much. May the Force be with you. Welcome back to the Galaxy Cast. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Okay, folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we discuss Season 2, Episode 8, titled Chapter 16, The Rescue. See, I got it right this time. <laughs> Let's talk about the plot. The Mandalorian and Cara Dune board an Imperial shuttle and capture Dr. Pershing. They make that sound so easy, and it really wasn't quite that easy, but okay. Well, we open up with this, like, starfighter chasing, and I want to know why the shuttle just doesn't take to hyperspace. Uh, maybe they can. I don't know. Well, obviously they can, because later on they use the same shuttle to go. I'm not quite sure. That just sounds too easy to... They were out of fuel. <laughs> yeah, they had another fuel problem again. Although, Gary, you made a valid point during the scene <laughs> that I had not thought of. The time pilot piloting the ship, who at this point had Fennec Shan, right, as hostage? No, he had Pershing as, yeah, hostage. Pershing. as hostage. It wasn't, wasn't a TIE pilot, it was just a pilot of the shuttle. Well, you look like a TIE pilot. You had the they, TIE pilot uniform on. They were the... wearing pilot uniforms, but both of them were not wearing their helmets. True. Number one, which is actually against the meal regulation. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> so... He says to Cara Dune, I, you know, I see you're from Alderaan, ha ha ha. I was there I was when there. Alderaan exploded. And I Gary said, d- what? Bullshit. Yeah, you're like, no, <laughs> no, you weren't. And I was kind of like, wait, he's got a valid point. Because he's like 30. There's, yeah, like the kid, the kid looks like he's no more than maybe 25 years old, which would have made him, what, like 10? Yeah. When Alderaan exploded? Like, how were you there at 10 years old? Uh, on, the, on, the, on the Death Star. Uh, yeah, on the Death Star. I'm sorry, but I don't think that was happening. And I don't mean to be rude, but I don't think that many would have survived that there would be a person who would taunt somebody about the Death Star after it exploded in Episode Four. True. Yeah. Like, that's true, too. <laughs> yeah, that's the other part I was getting at, too. You know, I was like, the, the Death crap. Star got blown up. Bull crap. This so the Death blew- Star blows up Alderaan, but then the 
Death Star itself gets blown up. So unless you were one of the few rogue people that got sent off the Death Star between Alderaan and the time they attack the rebel base. Or if they just escaped as the Death Star was exploding. like, Or maybe they just randomly fell down a shaft, kind of like the Emperor, <laughs> and somehow survived. I don't know. So, you know, it, it, it's a valid point, Gary, I did not think about. Okay, the kid fell down the shaft, he hit 88 miles an hour, and he went in back in the... <laughs> <laughs> See, now he's on this timeline, but then he had to come back to here to go back to that timeline to go back to the future. Yep. So, yes, that's how he came back. And, and, and Doc <laughs> Obi-Wan had to come see him and say, Yes. 1.121. We got to go back to the, to the force in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, he went back in time and found the A-Wing pilot with all the spiders. <laughs> no, he didn't. Nope. No, he Wrong found, timeline? Is that what you're saying? He yep. found the droid that was stuck in space. In the, in nope. The... <laughs> nope. Nope. Wrong timeline. Yeah. Yeah, that was the alternate timeline. <laughs> That meant the droid was spinning forward in space. <laughs> so, <laughs> Maybe the Mandalorian and Boba Fett visit Bo-Katan and Koska Reeves at a cantina. And after a quarrel, I love how they, a quarrel. Sure. Between Fett and Reeves about the purity of the former's Mandalorian lineage, they agree to help rescue Grogu in exchange for Bo-Katan getting the Darksaber from Gideon. <laughs> that sounds like such an easy sentence, but there was so much more that went on there than that. Uh, 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 wait. They went to this place and they got fuel. So now they can go into hyperspace. There, there you go. Now they can go into hyperspace. Yeah, valid point. Valid point. Although I would like to point out that this Mandalorian fight that happens in this cantina. Did you notice, first of all, nobody else even steps up to even like, like, I'm not getting in the middle of that. Like, not even touching it with a 10-foot pole. They're watching two people with armor beat the crap of each other. I would like to point out that apparently to men, cod pieces don't do a damn thing. <laughs> because Bo-Katan, or no, Reeve knees Boba Fett in the... <laughs> and he's pretty hurt by it. And I'm kind of like, well, dude, you're wearing a cod piece. How can you be hurt? It's made in a cintra. It doesn't do anything. I, I've got... Yeah, but you know what? I've got <laughs> jockey shorts that can do more than what that did, apparently. Yeah, I don't, you know... I mean, it's, I'll admit, it, it's there for show. Apparently. It's like Stormtrooper armor. Maybe that's it. Maybe the top set is made of Beskar, but really the cod piece is made of Stormtrooper armor. So that that could be, right? So Gary would be like having metal top armor and ABS plastic on the bottom. Not even ABS. Not yeah. Trash can armor. Trash can armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, could, I could see him back at Slave 1 with his heat gun going... Damn girl, dented my dang cod piece. It broke it. Now I gotta make another cod piece out of the friggin' trash can. Yeah. It's killing me. I better glue, glue a couple more pieces to it. <laughs> battle damage, battle damage. Uh, yeah, we'll call it battle damage. I better make sure that I use now, some fiberglass reinforcement on this one. You know, you know, we got a point on this whole thing because if you look at uh, Boba Fett's armor in Empire Strikes Back, yes, there's a dent. Look at your. In the cod piece, right? Yeah, say, yeah, if you look at your piece, picture yeah. behind you, Dad, Empire Strikes Back, upper right corner of his cod piece, there's a silver dot. How did he get his dent in his cod piece? Someone shot him there. <laughs> someone, little, someone literally shot him in the dick. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and hard enough to dent it. Yeah. And that's Beskar. Yeah. <laughs> And then I want to point out that he went and worked for Jabba with Slave Leia in front of him. Right. <laughs> that's what dented the other side of the cod piece. <laughs> and it never rolled back. I, that's incredible. 
Wow. Yeah. That's a valid point, Gary. How did yeah. this is some robot chicken? That's a stuff. story that was just... never told. Yes, yeah, Seth Game Green, <laughs> get on this. There's a story that never got told. There's your next Star Wars episode. <laughs> Why would you shoot me there? What is wrong with you? Do you see all this other armor? You could have hit any of that, but you shot there. Why did you go there? And then later, when he said, "It's like." Oh man, I gotta be careful. It'll make a sound. Actually, <laughs> that's why he's got Wookiee braids. <laughs> that's a Wookiee claw mark, is what that is. <laughs> and he's on the ground going, ah. Oh. Why do I go ahead and shoot me in the dick for? Oh. What is wrong with you? I'm gonna have to read this episode R and L, damn it. <laughs> what y'all did to me? You got you got me throttled on YouTube now. Oh, you just won't get you won't get monetized. Oh, that's man. all. Oh boy, but it's a valid point. I never thought of. How did we get this far and never contemplate this? Because this is bad. Because nobody, when they're watching Bullet, I'm never going to look at that armor the same ever. <laughs> you notice how I keep looking at it? I can't help it now. <laughs> that's my point. I can't stop. Nobody, <laughs> when they watch Bullet, looks at his dick. <laughs> oh, that's a big problem. That's a problem. Maybe that's not though. I don't know. Sudden, suddenly, Tem's like, "Damn all of you!" <laughs> it's a good thing that we. <laughs> okay. Well, all I can there, say, all I can say is, God rest his soul, Jeremy Bullock. I was just about to say, Jeremy's rolling around in his grave right now. <laughs> Here, there, he's just laughing. Where he probably are. both. He's probably laughing with us. Oh boy. Oh boy. I oh. just might. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Hurt. <laughs> wow. As, as bad as the mountain. Chango, Boba, and. Uh, <laughs> Fennec, I, I don't know what to... It doesn't hurt anywhere near as bad as that. Wow, yeah. <sighs> so, going on, now that we've talked about his cod beast, for about ten you know, minutes of the episode, we gotta move on. So the quarrel between Fett and Reeves about Period's former Mandalorian lineage, they agree to help rescue Grogu in exchange for Bo-Katan getting the Darksaber from Gideon. Notice they specifically say the Darksaber from Gideon to Bo-Katan. We're going to talk about that later. So Dr. Pershing warns the cruiser is defended by dark trooper droids. Now, here's my question. Why on God's green earth did Dr. Pershing decide to help them? Because he doesn't want to get hurt. Because he, he's, he's in the room with two guys that have armor and they can't see his face. I get it, but you know why would you voluntarily suddenly be like, I'm going to help you? Because it's not like it's there's anything in it for him. I imagine that they would have threatened to throw him out the airlock. I would have gone out the airlock then. I'm an imperial. <laughs> I mean, you had cloner. The, you had the one Thai pilot ready to surrender, and the other one shoots him in the back. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Death before dishonor. That was the only thing where I was kind of like that. That was kind of lame. <laughs> I just thought the Pershing would be like, yeah, and, and there's dark troopers, and they're here, and Grogu's there, and this is there, and there. There you go. There's your whole thing. I was go thinking, to town. Maybe this is I was more like, really. A, I think this is a taunt. Sure, you can try, but I really feel like you're going to See, gonna if I lose. were Pershing, I would have screwed with their heads. I would have told them the Dark Troopers are here when really they're over there. I would have told them Grogu's here, and he's really over there. Mess with the plan? Yes. Well, <laughs> I don't think he actually thought that they could take on the Dark Troopers to begin with, which they couldn't. Well, they couldn't, but still, I, I, interesting. I also think that Pershing was kind of like, oh, I really believe in Gideon, because you know what? I don't want to lose. Now, at the same time, <laughs> remember what happened at the end of the last episode? Hmm. Because at the end of the last episode, what happened? He taunts Gideon. Yeah, and he tells him, I'm coming for you. So don't you think Gideon's moving radar is up at this point, right? Moving his Star Destroyer. You would think. 
Which goes to the next thing that happens here. <laughs> so they use the shuttle to get close as Fett pretends to attack them in Slave 1. And they crash land in the TIE fighter launch tube. Now, if I were Gideon, I would immediately go, bullshit. I mean, seriously, like, <laughs> when you got the Mandalorian telling you I'm coming for Grogu, right then and there, I'd be like, okay, we're being invaded. Let's let's deal with this Launch thing. all troopers and the Right, toys. like dark face troopers right there. Like, right there. I would have, like, used it right there. Lock down the security. Although, I told, as I told Gary, that whole scene, first off, I just still can't believe the idea that they're launching TIE fighters out of the center of the ship, going right down both sides of the center front rungs of the ship. Because, as Gary said, that's just screaming for somebody to bing, 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 ping pong all the way through there. Not only destroy their own ship and kill themselves, but possibly do some serious damage to it. I mean, if you look at Rebels... When every other starship drops <laughs> the ships right through the floor. Even even uh, the GAR, they had the doors open at the top. They right. Go out the top. They go out the top. Or they drop down the bottom. If it's an Imperial cruiser, they go out the bottom. Why through the middle of the two rungs on the front of the ship? I don't know, but if you look at Rebels, when they did do stuff with shuttles, the shuttles would dock in the middle. Now, and the wings would fall up. Yeah. Now, now, to go back to what <clears throat> Bob was saying about Dr. Gideon. Yeah. If they had told the shuttle to break off the landing att- uh, attempt... I would have just locked all my big turbo lasers on and just blew them out of the sky. Pretty that was much. my point. Yeah. <laughs> Open fire on both ships. It would have been the shortest Mandalorian episode ever, but I mean, exactly. that's how I would have handled it. Boom. Credits roll. That, right? Like, that's it. Like, <laughs> then I'd send my dark troopers out to collect all the best credits. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Problem <money>. solved. <laughs> and we're done. And now I've got Grogu and the Darksaber and all the best car I want. Credits you know, roll. like I, I agree with you, Gary. Like, I, and that's what I'm like. That part I kind of call a little bull on. Well, I don't even know why I'm editing myself. Anymore. Bullshit, because of all the dick shot. Describe that. Uh, um. So he mean right. Put this at the beginning of your discretion advice. There is oh, some man. adult language man. in this episode. I'm gonna have to market an adult. I'm telling you, you guys ruined everything. So anyway, I just you know the whole thing I kind of call bull on because I'm sorry that there's just. That right there alone should have sent, like, red flags to everybody. So Bo-Katan, Casca, Fennec, and Dune fight through stormtroopers to the bridge. Dune. Oh, Cara Dune. Okay. When they say Dune, I'm thinking Dune the movie. I'm like, who's, how did Dune the movie get in all this? She's got the spice. Right? <laughs> Thank you, Gary. That everybody wants. Thank you, Gary. That might be how Disney edits her out. Maybe. Yeah, later on, that's how they get rid of her. They put all the characters from Doom right where she's standing. Yeah, they, they, they take her out and put Sting in her. <laughs> right. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Mandalorian finds the Dark Troopers and attempts to seal them off, although one breaks through. Did he really think that was going to work? <laughs> Putting them in a room, closing the door and locking it? And then injecting them on space? Probably. Did you really think that was going to work? No, I was making okay. it. In his eyes, he thought it was going to work. I get it, but it just, like, I was like, that was a dumb, like, that's not going to work. Okay. What I would have done is thrown a few sticks of dynamite in there, too, and had them lit. I don't know what I would have done, but that's certainly not what would have worked. Two, two sticks of dynamite. Maybe a couple thermal detonators and start a stick of dynamites. I was going to say, where are you getting the dynamite at? <laughs> I would have been using those little uh, red, you know. Oh, the magnum mines? Yeah. I would have just thrown a whole belt of those in there. Right. <laughs> just walk in with the bandolier. Just take the bandolier off, throw it in there, and walk away. Yeah. 
So after a protracted struggle, he barely defeats it using his Beskar spear and ejects the others out the airlock. He then enters the cell where Moff Gideon is standing by Grogu and the Darksaber extended. The Darksaber extended. And I love the face Grogu gives him. is like, you finally showed up. Actually, I kind of felt like Grogu was giving more of a, like, where the heck have you been? Like, <laughs> what is sitting there with the Gary, what did you think Grogu was saying right there? <laughs> Shit above. <laughs> it's about time you got here, right? Whole... <laughs> I, I really wanted Grogu to like look at his hand like a watch. You know, like, I, I bet, about time, you know. I, I, I've been making these stormtroopers dance all the time, and I'm getting bored of it. <laughs> yeah, about time you got here. I was about to make this one dance. What are you doing here, like? <laughs> There are times I wish we had like subtitles for Grogu, but, almost like we were subtitles for R two or something, right? But, like, but, oh, there's people who do that on YouTube. Yeah, I, I, I was going to make him start dancing, and they whipped out his dark saber, and, and I got and scared. That sounds wrong. <laughs> that just sounds wrong. You should never whip out a dark saber, especially if you're Gideon, or in, in front of a child, or in front of yeah, he's under the age of eighteen, Gideon, not good. So, oh, oh, wait a minute, he's 50 years old. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I guess it depends on what lineage you're from now, right? Yeah. Like, so Gideon offers to let the Mandalorian take Grogu if he leaves the ship immediately. But Gideon strikes the Mandalorian when his back is turned. Dick. Uh, yeah, like Gideon really... I, first off, how dumb did Din Djarin have to be to be like, Oh, sure, yeah, I'll yeah, negotiate I'll, with you. Good I'll, idea. Yeah, yeah, I'll leave the ship. I was kind of like, do you, do you idiot? Why would you turn your back to him? Why are you even doing that? Because it's in the script. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Because he was told to. So the Mandalorian fights Gideon with the Beskar spear and overpowers them off, inadvertently making him the new rightful owner of the Darksaber. Now, Gary points out here, and I thought it was a good point out, Gary, we've talked enough about Beskar and the effects of lightsabers on Beskar. And the spear actually starts to warm up pretty hot. You can see it turn, and you see it turning very, orange, very like red. a bright orange. Red, if you would yeah, like if you'd have put metal in a forge and started forging metal, which you, you proves should. Gary's point, which is yes, Beskar, <laughs> it can know. hold off a lightsaber. You should know anything about forging knives, Mister Forge and Fire. Well, I've been knife. watching it a lot lately. I'll give you that, <laughs> but um, it cannot hold off extended blows by a lightsaber or a dark saber, for that matter, because it will actually. Ignite and bend and so essentially Amanda's best defense is to push the blade, not necessarily try to hold it. Well, it can like, defend against a couple blows, but again, if it's multiple blows in the same spot, it starts to weaken the Beskar and it, potentially heats it up to a point where it could bend. And if it's a uh, prolonged exposure to the saber, it, it's going to heat up. Right. It may so even break. And, this and, isn't and like no, no, even even better. <coughs> what happens when you're wearing? A piece of metal and it gets hot. Oh, that's gonna hurt. It's gonna bend. It's gonna burn you. Right, burn you too. Yep. We're to the point where you're like, ah, ah, get the thing off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not necessarily like uh, I'm amazed I'm, he was able to hold on to the spear, but then I kept reminding myself that he had gloves on. So that, yep. that helps. It's not like it's adamantium in its raw form for uh, Marvel Universe. This is not that where it's able to be solid and it's pretty much indestructible at that point. I I think that's kind of how it works. I don't know. Okay. That, that's a good question. I don't know. Are the two comparable? No. Maybe. No, I don't know. <laughs> Upon delivering Gideon to the others on the ship's bridge, the Moth attempts to go Bo-Katan into attacking the Mandalorian so she can rightfully claim the Darksaber and take the throne of Mandalore. <laughs> so this brings back the whole 
rules of the Darksaber thing. Because we had the episode Because the, the Darksaber cannot just get handed off to another Mandalorian. Except and why is that? See, a lot of people don't know this, nor remember it, because no. it came up in Clone Wars. It came up in Clone Wars because when Pre Vizsla died to Maul, mm-hmm. Maul is able to claim the entire Ma- Mandalorians that followed him, right. except for those who split off and deformed the Night Owls that would later come back. And right. So in order to get the Darksaber, what do you have to do? Die. Or kill somebody. Or kill, kill the person who has the Darksaber. So win it in combat. Yeah, correct. You, win you, it in combat. You must win it in combat. But people started arguing online that Sabine handing it to Bo-Katan breaks the rule, so why can't Mando hand it to Bo-Katan and it be the same? So, what did I tell you my argument was to that? I was going to let you say it. Okay, well, Sabine is not a true Mandalorian. She actually denounced her house when she went off to train with the Empire. She denounced her house again when she joined the Rebels. And so, therefore, she never really kept her true lineage of being uh, part of her clan and the Mandalorians. That's why in the first episode, when Sabine reuni- uh, reunites with her mother, uh, if you remember, her mother doesn't want anything to do with her. Well, she threatens to kill her, and then she pushes two guards aside and says, Mom, we need to talk, and ignites the saber. Right. And that's what goes her <clears throat> into talking with her. But if you remember, Mom said in that episode, you denied your house. He said you have brought much disgrace and honor upon our family. Right, disgrace and dishonor to our clan and our family. And the only way she denied her house to keep ties with the other clans and not be pulled under is for her brother to serve as Gar Saxon. Correct. So she went to serve the Empire, which was disgraceful to the house. So the brother served the Mandalorians in hit in a in a way to balance the power there. From the episodes, it wasn't her going to serve in the Empire. That was encouraged. It was her leaving the Empire and the weapon she designed. That's what I mean. The weapon she designed, the Duchess, right, were the two things that disgraced her. So that's why that works. That still (laughs) works within the Star Wars realm. So that's kind of undoes the the theory that a lot of people have online. Okay, going on, the Dark Troopers return and close in upon the bridge, working to break through the blast doors by basically punching the ever-living crud out of him. Close the blast doors. Close the blast rock doors. Rock him robot. Yeah, with the rock him sock robot, as Gary put it. A single X-Wing lands. The pilot witch is a Jedi Knight who engages and destroys all the dark troopers. And Gary, you kind of pointed out that, that this is kind of reminiscent of the Darth Vader scene in Rogue One, correct? Like, that's what yep. you were... That's what I was referring to, and also even Darth <clears throat> Maul's scene in Clone Wars Season 7. Yeah, where he, he lambasted a crap ton of clones. Oh, 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 and he's not using a lightsaber at all. He's lifting walls and throwing a, throwing uh, do- blades. doors and everything else. Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> but I saw this one being a little more lightsaber isk and a little less Darth Maul ish. If that you know what I mean? Oh well, yeah, Darth Maul ish. Yeah, but uh, it's still Vader. Right, he's, he's still using a heck of a lot of. Force the one thing power. I will say about this though is it's not human beings. So there's not a lot of force choking going on. Where Vader's I saw is being a little more vicious. With the in force the, choking. The, yeah, and the way he he had, he <clears throat> handled human beings and stuff like that, where this one's just robots. So I think he. <clears throat> so I saw it as being a little less vicious than that. I'd but see it more akin to Obi Wan versus like an entire squadron, squadron of, of clones or droids or even whatever. like Anakin's fights with yeah with droids with and droids stuff and like such. that. Yeah, gee, talk about racism. <laughs> 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 okay. Against, what, just because they're black droids? Race, race, black, race, droids race, black droid lives matter, too. Races against droids, period. <laughs> so, 
so Gideon seizes an opportunity to kill Grogu, but his blaster shot is blocked by the Mandalorian. I love how it's more like, Mr. President, get down! Well, yeah, it was kind of a weird, like, he did a Superman jump, right? Like, <laughs> and, and blocks it. What did you guys think Gideon was, like, why was he trying to kill Grogu? Like, what do you think his point was there? If I can't have the kid, no one can. Do you really think that was, like, the, that the was thought the, process? That, that was my thought in the mentality. Per- personally, I don't think he needed Grogu anymore, because they got the, what they needed out of him. And, uh, they, that, see, that, no. that's where I was at. Like, I saw no. Grogu as a throwaway at no. this point. At the beginning of the episode and the previously on, they've expended the amount of blood that they had. They need to continue, but they need more blood from the original source. Okay. The highest M count which they have, they need more blood to continue the research. Okay. And perfect it because they haven't been able to do so so I far. I see what you're saying. I also saw it as a way to hurt the Mandalorian. Yeah, well, it that, was a two. If we could kill Grogu, then the Mandalorian is going to be peeved off. Right. right, and and you don't know what happened between the first time and and right now either. Right. They yeah. could have taken blood then. Right. They, they could have already had their blood. We don't know. So that that could have been enough that they might be able to play with right. it. Right. I get it. Instead of dropping his weapon, Gideon tries to shoot himself, but is disarmed by Cara Dune. In the ultimate rifle butt punch combo. It was awesome. Yeah. This <laughs> like is why a... I'm going to miss Gina Carano, because that was a really cool move. That was a... And that's what a, that's a move a wrestler would know. Yeah, you know was, what I mean? Like, was that a, was a total, like... It was definitely, like, like a flack flack. That was a Thank total WWF, much. like, kick their butt kind of move. Oh, no, it's a chair. <laughs> I guarantee Gina's the one that suggested that move. I'll put money down on the... Oh, I, I'd love to get a conversation and, with her. And she was an MMA fighter, not a wrestler. Thank you. MMA. <laughs> sorry. But she was also in uh, American Gladiators, too, for those that don't know. So, I, you know, I also thought it was interesting that Gideon tried to shoot himself. You know, like a typical... <laughs> Death before dishonor. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it... it <laughs> Well, that was the one thing that a lot of people don't know, like during World War Two, that all of the Nazi generals were ordered to kill themselves before. I thought it was being the captured. Japanese generals that just did it by honor. Same thing. They oh, were they idea. were taught okay. the same thing too. the The Nazis did it because they didn't want their secrets getting out. The Japanese did it because they actually believed in their <laughs> afterlife that they were better off taking their own life right. than letting a, a bad guy take that. That would actually put them in their bad place in the afterlife if they oh. were killed. It's tradition for them with the samurai. Right. Is that what the d- 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 thing yes. is? Okay. Yep. S- uh, sobaku? Whatever. Yes, sub- I, sobaku. I, I don't remember what it's called. They would take the knife and they would uh, disembowel themselves. All I know is one of the freaking English classes I had, we read, here, here. Meta- we read Madam yeah. Butterfly. Mm, it's, and yeah. it's in there, and I'm like, what the yep. heck? That's the samurai Who way. Who do that? And they're like, yeah, that's just tradition that's in their, Japanese. That's what they I'm believe. Like, They'd rather take their own life and have their souls in their hand then let an enemy take their life of theirs. That's just or or, or, weird. To, or to tame cap. I don't need right. to be racist. It's just that's not something I'm used to. This is a different way of thinking. Well, All right, I'm, I'm very Christian. I don't think that's very nice. I was going to say you're not samurai. <laughs> yes, true. So going on, the others object, but the Mandalorian opens the blast doors to the Jedi, who reveals himself to be Luke Skywalker. Boo. Okay, so Gary <laughs> boos that one. So we know Gary's not a fan. Awesome. Were you a fan of Luke Skywalker being the? Guy that enters the room there. I was at least happy that we had a Luke fight. That we didn't see a wimpy Luke. No offense, Last Jedi Luke, very wimpy. Yeah, but I thought Luke in Return of the Jedi was pretty good. Luke in Return of the Jedi was good, but yeah. we haven't seen that kind of Luke in the newer series. So I'm kind of like, thank goodness we're getting back to the really good Luke where he kicks butt, and I just moved my pop kicks butt and doesn't take no for an answer and tries to do the best that he can to be the Jedi way. I get it. 
Can I tell you my 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 theory or what I wish would have happened? Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be Ben Solo. Yeah. See, you... my theory would have worked so much better and would have been so cooler. If it had been Ben Solo who came in, mm-hmm. finds Grogu, but somehow Grogu never makes his way to Luke Skywalker, because Ben does something nefarious, kills him, tortures him, tries to find something out about his knowledge of the light side of the dark, whatever. But you could have drawn that out into a whole other storyline, right? Like, it could have been a thing. But then you could have used that character as a crutch from then on. I... Yeah, but you can still use Grogu as a crutch from now on. No, because he's with Luke and he's training, and then you can kind of just... Yeah, but what I'm saying is you could have uh, had Grogu, you know, working with Ben Solo and training with Ben Solo, mm. and then Ben turns on him, and that's how Ben goes from being Ben Solo to and nothing Kylo. Says, nothing says that that can't happen it no. could still happen. I'm just it saying. It still could happen. It would have been a heck of a lot cooler. I just think the Luke Skywalker thing was too, too easy, of a way out. Way too easy of a way out. So Grogu hesitates to leave with Luke until the Mandalorian gives us permission to go with the Jedi, to complete his training. So Grogu obviously wants to stay, and the Mandalorian's like, "Nope, I don't have that ability to teach you. You need to go." I I think Luke says that he wants your permission to go. Right. Because he's kind of. Grogu's kind of attached to Mando like a father. Well, remember, they've now named themselves a clan of two. That was the Mudhorn clan, right? In an emotional farewell to Grogu, the Mandalorian removes his helmet and tearfully looks on as Luke, accompanied by R2-D2, departs with Grogu. I just love the fact that R2 comes in and he leans down and looks at him as this... Little Yoda-like, little well, itty bitty Yoda-like thing, yeah. And I'm just waiting for like the the subtitles and again, to pop this, up. This R2. is where I kind of wanted to. Uh, hey, I knew a guy named like, like you named Yoda. There needed to be some reference to Yoda here that I kind of wish they would have made that never really materialized. I would have loved to seen R two lean over and just zap him. <laughs> what, like he kind of did with Yoda when he met him at the, the swamp? Yeah, when uh, Yoda was hitting him again, with a stick. Again, that's zap. all I want is the subtitles of like, don't you dare beat the crap. I was just me. looking for an R two like. You know, like something like that. Just uh, like, wow, he looks like Yoda. You know, like something. I don't know. <laughs> no, we got just, a little bit of that. No, just look at him. So you better not hit me with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> if not, this is for you. <laughs> you better not go to Dagobah, damn it. And then, <laughs> you know, like, and then taser, taser him. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Luke go, R2, we don't treat people like that. He just looks up and I'm like, what you going to do about it? <laughs> so then we get the sizzle reel. This is the thing that had everybody talking for while well, they're still talking about it. So after all the credits on Tatooine at Jabba's palace, Fennec kills several guards. Then Thet kills Bib Fortuna and takes the throne, which is the throne for Jabba the Hutt, or what was Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> and then, like, hi, Bulba, it's good to see you. <clears throat> and then we get the casting, or, well, the information that we're going to see a new TV show titled The Book of Boba Fett. Now, I had a, a person ask a really stupid question to me. Mm. Okay. All right. Did Jabba die? Sorry. Uh, it's my fault. I was tired. It's been a long week, okay? Leave me alone. You're no. on vacation. <laughs> no. <I don't> <laughs> we don't give you a break. You've been on a vacation I, for this I, full day. It's been one day, dude. Seriously. Okay, so, yes, I'll admit <laughs> I asked the stupid question. 
wait, isn't Jabba still alive? And you're like, Gary's like, uh, Return of the Jedi? Leia, like, chokes him to death. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's like the whole like, thing of, like, why Carrie Fisher is like, yes, I'm wearing a bikini, but you know I what? guess that's why I'm partially confused. So here's what slug. I am partially confused about. Why would Boba care about going back to Jabba's palace to take the quote-unquote throne there? What's the big deal? He's just a simple man waking his way but through the galaxy. But you see what I'm saying? Like, I know if he's a bounty hunter, who cares about Jabba's throne? He's no longer a bounty hunter. He's no longer a bounty hunter. So but what is he then? He's, he's a crime now, boss. He's now the king of bounty hunters. If that's what this, this he's a crime boss. If that's what this is going to be about, he, he, he's El Capone. If that's what this is going to be about, this is going to be a boring show. I'm just telling you right now. I'd rather see Boba Fett the bounty hunter than Boba Fett the crime boss. And it's no, just not going to work. And nothing says that he doesn't have to get his hands dirty. He he, he looked at Bib Fortuna and said, I made him an offer that he couldn't refuse. <laughs> Apparently also gave him a lot of cannolis. Did you see the size of Bib Fortuna? Good night. It's like he ate five Twi'leks before he killed one. He, he didn't eat five Twi'leks. He ate the Rancor. And I'm a big, I'm a big guy, and I said, "Yes, you're right." Poor Roxy. Poor Roxy didn't make it, man. They ate everything, including no, the Rancor. <laughs> actually, I didn't know Biff Fortuna could actually eat that many Gamorrean guards. I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> I mean, have you seen a what's his face from the Clone Wars era where he's the big fat twee like? Yes. The blue. I'm yeah, forgetting the, his name. Yeah. Oh, Onfrita. Yeah, Onfrita. <laughs> yeah. He, he made Onfrita look small. Uh, nah, he yeah. had the, he had all one little the one uh, twee like thing was the leku the one leku is the really the yeah. whole the weight. You see, see, Boba uh, Bip Fortuna is the same as Bubba Fortuna. Yes. Okay. His name is Boba Fortuna. Golly. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, he got coconut Gamorian, <laughs> Gamorian sandwich, Gamorian salad. Gamorian bacon. Bubba Goom. <laughs> stupid is stupid does, okay. sir. All right, so. You bake Gamorian let's, let's, uh, let's rate this episode before things get too weird. Uh, zero is a don't bother. Ten's a must see. Anybody want to go first? I'll give it a Fine, eight. I'll go first. Fine. Oh, I was just about to. Okay, so I'm actually going to give this one an eight out of ten. It's oh. not a nine. It's not a ten. Uh, I give it an eight. I'll give it an eight for a couple reasons. First off, I just, the whole Dark Trooper thing, eh, didn't scare me. I don't think they were a big deal. We made a big deal out of a bunch of robots. We've had robots before. They're called Super Battle Droids. They're called Droid Decaz. You know, we've had all sorts of droids before. What made these droids any what? They're painted black, so what? We've had Commando Droids painted black. I didn't see the big deal behind them. We even had these in Rebels. The dark phase trooper droids. I just they were security droids on yes. cargo ships. So I just I didn't see why that was such a big deal. Luke Skywalker, eh, too predictable. Really, seriously, too predictable. You know, I know they could run away with these stories later. Grogu could be part of the temple that that Ben Kenobi's part, or yeah, Ben Ben Solo's part of later on. It's Ben Kenobi, <laughs> and you know, I mean, there's all sorts of things they could run with for later on. I, here's the problem they've got now. This is going to be awful of me to say. With Boba Fett leaving the show, probably getting his own show, with with Grogu leaving the show, getting his own thing, what do you have left? You have the ability for a show so based on the So part of me says you took away Cara Dune, you took away Boba, you took away Grogu. 
Took away Fennec. You got you took away Fennec. So now you've got the Mandalorian. You're back to the Mandalorian. That's great. But the problem is, over the course of two seasons now, you've built up these other characters that you threw away. Now we're back to just the Mandalorian. And my question is, can the show go on with just the Mandalorian? And I'm sorry, but I just don't think it can. I uh, think you're going to have to build up I, other characters. I know of a again. few ideas what you could do, but it's almost akin to the side missions along the way for the other two seasons. Right. Right. So that, that's my concern. I, I, I see it spinning off to Bo-Katan and the Mandalorian teaming up to take over Mandalore. That, yeah. That could be a greater objective in him getting used to training with the Darksaber. Maybe. That's an option. And I'm, Maybe. I'm not bad about that either. But... I don't know. I just, I kind of felt like we got to an ending here. Almost a little too ending-ish. And this is what I was telling you guys. This is how I felt at the end of Endgame. Right? Like, okay, you That's wrapped it. it up. That's it. And we're done. And they're like, no, there's more in the Marvel Universe. I'm like, no, you kind of wrapped print. it That's up there. Like, kind of hard for me to go, yep, there's more. Uh, there's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Yeah, there, there's more, but you're not going to have the... Uh, the excitement in, Investment. Right, the investment and the excitement. It's not like you can have Thanos come back and beat you all right, again. Right, so you have to you build it all back up existence. again. And this is where I'm well, saying, like, the Mandalorian, you're going to have to build it back up again. To, just forget about Thanos, but you got a new Captain America. Right. You got a, a new Iron Man that's yep. going to be coming, a new Thor. You know, Hulk's not, never going to be the same. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to have the investment in the characters anymore. Right, because your originals are now gone. Right. The ones that attracted everybody. Perhaps Endgame came too soon. That's what I said. Oh. This, this, they, they shouldn't have done Endgame as early as they did. So that's my feeling. You know, it's why I gave it an eight. It was, you know, it was still a pretty good episode. It wasn't a bad episode. It just felt, I don't know, too finalized maybe for a season two finale. That for a show that's supposed to go on after this, and I'm kind of questioning how. Okay, who wants to go next? I'll, I'll go. Okay, I'm with you. I'm at an eight. Okay. Similar reasons, but. Some of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm happy about is the fact that we got to see a real good fight with Luke uh, prior to Last Jedi, okay. timeline-wise. And it makes up for me having so many qualms with Last Jedi's interpretation of Luke. Well, And I know that's... I, I, I gotta say this to you. The last three movies that came out for Star Wars was not supposed to be about Luke. Right. I know that wasn't supposed to be about Luke. So you're not going to see the badass Luke in the uh, movie. No. And he did it. Right. And I'm glad we saw it in here where it's five years after La Return of the Jedi where it fits. Not really. I felt like it fits. I feel like it could be a good way to maybe... I would even love to have a spin-off show of Luke kind of reminiscing on his past prior to Last Jedi and talking about where it all went wrong. But i give it an eight. Okay. Gary, your thoughts? i give it a seven. Ooh. Wow. Dark Troopers, the holes flying the shuttle into the ship, the TIE Fighters coming out through the middle of the ship like you're saying. Doesn't make sense, yeah. None of that made any sense at all. They acted almost like a SWAT team when they were on the ship. Mm -hmm. But the two in the back should have been more paying attention to the, the, the behind them. The rear, yeah. Right. Your rear guard should always be facing to the rear. Right. <laughs> So you almost have to have the back two people walking backwards. Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Watch the Marines. They do that. Even um, SWAT teams do that. Oh, oh okay. Well, and I was thinking more like if you watch Republic Commando games and once in a while you turn around, and, uh, one guy would be... And particularly with Cara Dune being the shock trooper that she is, she should have been doing that right. automatically. Yep. 
Even if she was in the front, she should have been looking around the back. <clears throat> Luke Skywalker showing up, like you said, too predictable. I rather wish it was Mace Windu. Yeah, that was right. You wanted Mace Windu there. You know, <laughs> mainly because of his connection with Yoda. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, that would have been it. Would have been interesting to have him. The only problem but, there is it opens up a can of worms in trying to figure out how to explain and also when, how he got there. You well, know what I mean? Like, then, then you could have his own little series. To, to yeah, I get it. I don't think Kathleen w- Kennedy wants to give. Well, uh, I got two words for Kathleen Kennedy, and I can't <laughs> say them right now. Ooh. I think I have a. I have an idea. You have to be rated X for that. <laughs> As in, you're gone. We are been. Uh, we've, we've been disconnected been. from YouTube. <laughs> yeah, we will be canceled. I definitely would be canceled on this one. Do it. So, uh, <laughs> so you give it a seven. Any other reasons that that we wrap it up there for you? Yeah, we can wrap it up right there. Okay. So those are our thoughts on the season finale of season two of The Mandalorian. We have no idea when season three is coming out. Which, by the way, with them canceling Gina Carano. They are now even farther behind because they had all of the scripts written for season three. Cara Dune was in every episode. Every episode. That has been revealed recently. And now all of a sudden they're having to rewrite everything and the entire season. Wow. And they're having to take so, it a completely different direction. That's how major of a role Cara Dune played in season three of The wow. Mandalorian. So they're back to square one. And now there's so, rumors that mm, we might not see a Mandalorian until 2022. Or 23. And that might be too long. Maybe 24. That might be too long for Star Wars fans that like this show. Yeah. And and that might be where Disney Plus loses their sales. Yeah, there's rumors about that too. So, all right, those are our thoughts on the season under season two of The Mandalorian. Uh, All those things we talked about at the beginning, everything from DC to Marvel to Star Wars' Bad Batch, we'd love to hear from you. So, again, find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter, find us on Mewe, find us on Gab. You can find us on Rumble and comment there. You can find us on YouTube. Please subscribe if you're on YouTube. Click that notification bell. If you're on Rumble, give us a Rumble, please, because we really enjoy that. And as we like to say here in the Star Production Studios, May the Force be with those who listen to Jedi, three. To Jedi Killer Jimmy. I hate those shadow points. And Shazam! Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. We hope the show enlightened you on some of the latest stories in the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and cosplay. We appreciate your time and we also value your opinion. We'd love to hear from you. Please take some time to send us your feedback at our email, which is galaxycast at gmail.com. Or you can contact us via social media. Just head on over to Facebook or Twitter and search the word GalaxyCast, all one word, and leave us some comments. If you want to see some behind the scenes of our production, head on over to YouTube and search GalaxyCast there as well. You will find us under our Star Productions banner. The GalaxyCast podcast can also be found online at GalaxyCast.com or through your podcast aggregators like the Apple Store or Spotify. The Galaxy Cast is a production by Star Productions. Themed commercials within this episode are also written and produced by Bob Chrisman through Star Productions, all rights reserved. 
Music from the intro and outro of the Galaxy Cast can be found online at www.silvermansound.com. Intro music is titled Switch Me On, and outro music is titled The Gatekeepers. You can find links in our show notes. Until next time, Galaxy Cast fans, follow the first star to the right and straight on till morning.